Em, would you like a coffee? Thanks, Gav, but you know I only drink tea. Oh, yeah. Well, that could be arranged. Oh? Followers, if you're enjoying listening, watching or reading Gavin Em's How to English pod, visit coffee.com forward slash how to English pod. That's coffee, K-O dash F-I dot com forward slash how to English pod. And it would be lovely if you bought us a coffee or a tea to show us support and you could even get a mention on our show if you'd like. Welcome everybody, this is How to English, Teach and Learn with Gavin M. It's a podcast about teaching and learning English as a foreign language. All opinions stated are personal and references will be given when necessary. Welcome everyone, this is How to English with Gav and M. It's a new podcast and we're both EFL teachers living abroad. In this podcast, we're going to introduce you to some different topics about learning English and teaching English, and I hope that you enjoy the shows as much as we do. So let's begin. Okay. Hi, Em. Hi, Gav. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. So are you excited about the new podcast? Yeah, I am. I'm very excited, but I have no idea what we're going to do. Well... I thought we could talk about teaching. Yes, yes, you mentioned that. So, um, <laughs> And learning. Yeah, yeah. English. Okay. Yeah. As a foreign language. Okay. Yeah. So um, I have a topic for today. Mm. Can you guess what the topic is, Em? Well, I think you mentioned it. It's going to be first lessons, it yeah? It is, exactly. First lessons. So that's from the teacher's point of view. And I guess we'll also talk about the student's point of view. Mm-hmm. So let's begin. Maybe we could start by talking about a very memorable first lesson. Okay. Does anything come to mind? Well, feelings come to mind. I remember feeling very nervous and excited. What about you? What are your feelings before you go into that first I'm lesson? Absolutely terrified. Mm. Yeah, even after all of these years of teaching, I'm still really nervous when I go in there. Even though I know I'm going to have fun, it's going to be a wonderful experience meeting a person or a group of people for the first time. I still feel really scared. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> what I try to do is to make sure I know what I'm going into. In what way? I check the students' levels. If it's available, yeah. If it's available, yes, because typically you get um, a document and it will tell you the name of the student, it will tell you the type of course that they're studying on, and then hopefully the level between A1 to C2. Yeah, so you want to know how many there are as well is useful. Yeah, that doesn't really tell you much about if you're going to click, what the personalities are like. You say you're going to have fun, but maybe you don't know before, do you? So it is a bit limited when you just get that page and your student feels the same way, probably. You just don't know if there's going to be that connection. Mm -hmm. So it can help you prepare. Well, of course, you also need to have a few activities up your sleeve, especially if you're teaching a group. Right, okay. Whereas if you're going to teach a one-to-one, say it's 60 minutes, then you might not need to prepare anything. Really? You could literally walk in with a 
pen and a pad of paper. Right. And on that paper, just make notes of stuff like errors and students' expectations and that kind of thing. Yeah, I kind of feel the opposite way, in fact. I feel like I need to be more prepared for a one-to-one. Like, I need to be engaging that person, so I need to always have something ready. Whereas with a group, I can get them working together and maybe spend a bit of time just away from them and think about what I'm going to do next but with a one-to-one I just feel like the focus is on me the whole time so I need Mm. to be ready with things and it's just a bit different than with a group I think with a one-to-one it's more like a natural conversation with someone and a group is like a very strange situation where you're talking to like a group of people which you don't normally do in real life but I don't know what it is I just feel like I need to have that support there for a one-to-one because maybe they're just looking at me and I need to be ready whereas groups I can kind of pair them up and say right do that and then I'll go away and think about something else okay yeah but I think groups often expect to be doing activities playing games talking to each other I think they just expect a lot more whereas with a one-to-one you can engage them directly in conversation and I think that's typically what they're looking for I would love to have that ability to walk in without planning. That's still my aim and I'm trying to get there. That's like teacher goals for me. Okay. A story comes to mind actually of um, I remember I was in the manager's office because there weren't enough classrooms and the manager said, take your two students in there. They can have their first lesson together. It was a bit special and I thought, well, this will be a nice experience. So we all sat down And I had the two students sitting opposite each other and I had prepared some questions for them to ask each other. Mm. And um, I think the question started with, what's your name? The second one was, uh, how old are you? Next was, what do you do? Um, And it kind of went on quite regular questions, but I thought these would be great to instigate, to begin a conversation between the two students who didn't know each other before. Mm -hmm. Well, we started... And to be honest, it was a bit awkward. And as they were asking questions to each other, they were basically, what's your name? They answered. How old are you? They answered. Oh, and it no. was it was really, really painful. Like one word answers. Exactly. It wasn't what I was imagining. In my head, I thought, well, this is an amazing <laughs> lesson. They'll really get to know each other. They'll break the ice and they'll be best friends forever. And we'll be laughing all the way until the end of the lesson. But no, it wasn't like that at all. And then one of the students got to the end of their questions and said, turned to me and said, what do we do now? And I said, <laughs> give the piece of paper to the other student. Okay. And the other student started asking the questions. And it was so painful. It was like 20 minutes of the worst lesson I think I've ever prepared. Well, I guess, I guess the students are just really nervous and they're not ready to take control maybe at that point. So... It's almost like you have to create the conversation for them, which I don't always like to dominate either. So Mm. it's really hard to get it right. You just hope that they're going to be proactive and really enthusiastic about it. That's why you expect they go there, because they want to enjoy speaking English. They want to meet people. But yeah, I don't know. I guess it was my fault because I just didn't plan the lesson well enough I didn't imagine how it really would go I thought oh it's going to be so much fun but no it was terrible you were optimistic that's uh, not a crime but 
I think you just got to be ready for when it doesn't work. Yeah, have a plan B up your sleeve. Exactly. And lots of, as I said before, lots of exercises and activities just to have as a support blanket. Or, no, it's not a support blanket, is it? It's a comfort blanket. <laughs> <laughs> Keep switching it. That's a yeah, good tip. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I think I've learned quite a lot from that experience. Yeah, okay. I can remember when I used to have a lot of groups and... You'd have the register with 10 people, but only three had arrived. So you never know if there's going to be more coming. But I always start with sort of, okay, introduce yourself and say something about your job and your hobbies and whatever, your family. And so the three people in the room had already said their bit. And then just as they'd finished another person came in who who was late and I thought, oh, this was a good opportunity for the people that were already there to introduce each other because they'd heard about each other's lives. So I think one of the students introduced the other two and then I got the fourth one to introduce themselves. (laughs) And then just as they finished, another person came in late. So then it was like, okay, well, can you the last person who came in, can you tell this new person about the other three? And literally every five minutes, somebody new turned up. So we didn't get very far in the lesson. Basically, it was just repeating the information. (laughs) And obviously, the first three students, their information had been repeated. I don't know, my maths isn't very good. But by the end, there were sort of 10 of them. And so it was just this repetition of information. Oh, wow. I hope it wasn't something personal because I imagine that person... (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's just a bit awkward. But I tell you what, they really remembered each other's names and jobs by the end of that. Except for the last person. Well, that's the problem. Oh, no, who introduced the last person then? No one. That was, I suppose, the point. It kind of ran out. But yeah, it was a kind of running joke as well for the rest of the course. So it was sort of so memorable, which, yeah. Which is always, oh, and you remember that person because they really like cats. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and you know their cat's name. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. Oh, I like those activities where you not only say, and he's got a cat and his cat's name is Gerald. And like, yeah. just they remember that forever. It's brilliant. Yeah, that's it. I think it's good to start with something very free and communicative and just to get people practicing and feeling comfortable speaking. So maybe that's quite a good technique because that's stuff that most people can do. Yeah, I really like easily. that. That's materials free. Materials free is good, but I always feel a bit like I haven't taught anything. You know, if if that's it's, it's fine if they just leave the class knowing each other really well. Yeah, um, yeah. They should always leave with something, even if it's just the knowledge of their classmates' names. Sure, and can. Yeah, yeah, okay. You don't need to prepare. You could have little name badges and stuff like that. That also works. Yeah, well, if everyone arrives on time, it's nice to do that. There's a lot of those interaction games. You have to be careful because I personally find it very difficult remembering people's names. So name badges actually do help for a little while. It's always good to have them there just in case. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't want to be that teacher who's constantly saying you and the person sitting next to you. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of first lessons. I don't really enjoy them very much. I do often think about my students sitting in our classroom where we're all kind of chatting away. We hear in the other classroom through the wall, there's people having such a lot of fun. They're laughing, really enjoying themselves. And I feel really bad. And I think my students must really want to be in that class, not in the boring class with me. No, I think that you're being too hard on yourself. You probably don't realise it, but your students are doing exactly the same. You just always feel like the grass is greener don't you when you hear other 
people. That's true. If you're in a school or a company where everybody's got a new class on that day, it is a bit like a competition, isn't it? Like you all <laughs> yeah. go into your room and you're all, okay, I'm going to do the best lesson and you're going <laughs> to hear me, you know, my students are going to be laughing the yeah, loudest. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Healthy competition maybe. But That's true. It always seems better. Maybe. Yeah. But to be honest, Gav, I don't actually like first lessons very much. Oh? Yeah, I just, I feel like it's always a bit of a formality and I can't get into the teaching. I just want to start getting into something, but you've got to go through all that sort of, what do you want to do? Why do you need English? Is this, does this sound bad? I don't know. Well, hold on. So if we think about first lessons let's analyze this so every first lesson you should evaluate the student's level yeah which you can do passively you can yeah and you should check that it matches what you've expected what was in the documents you received at the yeah. beginning you ask them what they want and why they need english uh-huh what they expect from the course and what they do with their English in their free time and if they've got English-speaking friends and colleagues, maybe. Okay, it sounds a bit like a, a job interview then. Yeah, I think that's partly why I don't feel very comfortable with it because it's not a very two-way thing, is it? It's just sort of questions. Okay. And it's quite flat sometimes and I know it's important and I think the student would really think it was strange if you didn't ask all those questions okay. I think the student expects that in the first lesson but it's just yeah it's just to kind of get through it write some notes and then next week we're gonna really start the lessons properly you know for okay. me anyway and I often don't even introduce myself like do you introduce yourself I, I never remember to do it. I remember at the end of one first lesson I said to the students do you have any questions and they said Teacher, where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I forgot to introduce myself. Well, I usually, I, I think I used to do it. I used to always do it. But I've stopped in the last few years. I just don't because I think that's nice. If they want to know, then you tell them. But Yeah, and also if you say, students, do you have any questions? They often say, no. So not telling them anything about yourself gives them the opportunity to sort of ask something I suppose quite so. standard. But maybe if you're a student, you feel a bit embarrassed to ask. Yeah, possibly. It's that respect level thing. Especially I don't know. Especially in a group. I spoke to one teacher, one senior teacher, and she told me that she hadn't told her students anything about herself and she'd been teaching them for four years. Wow. And... I just think about that a lot because I don't know whether that's a good thing or whether that's strange or if that's, that's just a professional relationship. That's or... interesting. Yeah. But I often, if I take over a class from a previous teacher, first questions I ask are, tell me about your previous teacher, tell me about the lessons. And if mm. they can't even tell me where the teacher was from and barely remember the teacher's name, then I think, oh, I've got a lot of work to do here to establish a relationship between me and my class. Well, I agree. I like to give something of myself because, in my opinion, if you give something, you get something back. But I think it really depends on the relationship you want and whether you feel that's professional. I wouldn't say it's a must to tell people about yourself, but I think as the relationship gets stronger or, you know, if you spend a lot of time with that person, it does seem natural to start talking about what you do in your free time mm -hmm. and 
your preferences about things. I don't know. It's okay. hard to say. And do you notice that the nerves just evaporate? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I get in the room, it's fine. I mean, I'm nervous maybe a day or a week before. I don't know. It depends on the information I get and the level of the student or the position in the company or whatever. But yeah, as soon as I go in, I realise, okay, it's just a normal person and I can speak to them and it's fine so yeah after the first 10 seconds it's gone it's more like the anticipation is worse than reality Mm. and I suppose the students must feel the same yeah I think that's true yeah the amount of anxiety they must have before entering the classroom and then being there sitting there feeling self-conscious not only about themselves but about their ability to express themselves in the language they must be looking around thinking oh that person's better than me or that person's not as good as me is this the right class for me they must have so many questions it's just like a test isn't it really for everyone i think it's a horrible experience (laughs) in my (laughs) opinion it's just that's why i want to get it over with do you want to get this episode over with i'm happy to talk about it but i mean we're we're doing this this podcast is about honesty isn't it and about our feelings so i'm kind of picturing us sitting in the teacher's room over you know kind of in the corner just having this conversation and other teachers are walking past and thinking oh yeah actually that's that's kind of how i feel well maybe maybe. i don't don't want to be negative maybe they're thinking what i absolutely love first lessons that's the best thing about being a teacher or being a student is the first time you meet all these people mm. and you feel so excited. Well, I can only talk from my own experience, so I'm just being honest anyway. It's like a test. You have to analyse everybody. You have to see who is the active and the passive student. Are they going to like talking about themselves? Do they want listening? Do they want a very constructed lesson? Um, do they just want to write? Do they want yeah, to Are be... they pining for a writing task? Exactly. Are they sitting there thinking, teacher, please give me a gap fill I'm so desperate to put a word in this space from the box really you think students okay possibly I'm not saying those people don't exist so all those things you have to do and be ready by the next lesson to give them what they want Mm -hmm. and if you get out a worksheet in the first lesson I don't know I think what I found in my experience is that I kind of recognise different types of people as you said you've got your active you've got your passive you've got the ones that want to working groups you've got the ones that only want to talk to the teacher I haven't had many surprises over the years no I can also say that you know in 14 years of teaching I've only had one or two people that I would say were unteachable maybe or just very difficult uh-huh. from the first lesson is anybody unteachable you no, mean kind of well for an- me antagonistic maybe just yeah like aggressive or just difficult yeah Yeah, okay Um, when you say could you please sit next to thingy and they they say no exactly you just (laughs) know they're going to be trouble doesn't happen very often unfortunately very 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 rare and actually the one time it did happen it was someone who had been a lot of trouble in the past so the school told her to leave actually oh wow so I didn't have to even teach her so the school actually supported you in the decision and didn't simply go with the customer is always no. right. The student is always right. No, that was... Thinking about money over their own exactly, employees. Exactly, yeah. No, That's amazing. It was quite amazing. So, yeah, I think it is a very drastic situation, unfortunately, but very, very rare, as we said. So that's why I think the nerves come in, because I don't know why you remember those ones, but you do. So there's really nothing to worry about, to be honest. It's just different personalities, different kinds of people fitting okay. together. 
I actually have uh, a couple of activities which are all about assessing yourself as a student. So you can sit down, you can do an exercise which gives you an insight into am I a visual learner? Am I an oratorial, auditory, a sound listening? Yeah. <laughs> do I like listening to things? Uh-huh. Am I a speaking student primarily? Mm. Or am I tactile? Do I like to touch things while I'm Is learning? That kinetic. Kinetic, that's the word. Exactly. So there are some activities out there. I'm sure you can find them on the internet. Where was that from? I think you should have a look on the internet. Okay, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just have a look online and see if there are first lesson activities. I'm sure there's something out there for you to find. Okay, yeah. Otherwise, just sit down and, as you said, just ask questions. It is kind of like an interview, but it's also like getting to know someone. Talk to them. You have a conversation like a normal person. I say, hi, I'm Gavin. Trust me, I know how to teach you English. I know how you can improve your skills. We just need to cooperate and work together on this. Okay, you actually say that to people. Yeah, well, kind of, you know, maybe not so directly. But I remember, for example, when you're teaching kids, you're supposed to do a classroom contract. This is an agreement between you and your class. And it's really the same with teaching adults. You say... I'm going to put a lot of time and energy into helping you improve your English. Now, I need you to do the same. Is that okay? This is our contract. Okay. I feel like this is all very theoretical, as in you don't actually say it. I wouldn't actually say it. I don't actually say it, but it's it's understood between us. These people are paying for a service. Totally, um, yeah. And I do encourage them. I try to make them realise that it's not just you turn up and you will learn English, but Mm. you actually work on improving your English and you will get there. Yeah, okay. You make that clear. I agree. I think that is by your professionalism. It's by how you come across. It's by the way you react to what people say. It's not necessarily you say to people, we need to have a contract here. No, no. No, okay. (laughs) So that's all very good, but I also just think if you've got a student who's maybe had a lot of teachers mm-hmm. I'm always aware of the fact they've had however many first lessons like they've just probably this is their 50th or whatever first le- you just don't know so I don't want it to just be a boring standard first lesson and I want to teach something it's hard to really get it right though so first lessons are going to definitely involve people introducing themselves yes. and then there might be an activity where they go into a bit more detail and then um, depends on the group, but maybe a game or something like interactive like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to take a lot of notes as a teacher, but also maintain the connection. Yes. So you have to say, well, I'm just going to write some stuff down, but keep talking and hope the student's happy to continue while you're making notes. Okay. You have to remember the person's name for the next time or that if you've got a group definitely remember everybody uh-huh. what's your technique for remembering names i just say them a lot yes and also from the students point of view because i know we're going to have a lot of students listening to this m mm-hmm. what do they need to do how can they prepare what do they need to bring to our classroom well i think energy and some knowledge that maybe they should think about before the lesson just freshen themselves up 
in terms of language, just like practice a bit before. And hygienically. No, I didn't mean that. I just meant watch a program just to get your ear trained or oh, yeah. have a conversation before you have the first lesson, just so you're not really starting from nothing, maybe. Listen to a podcast on the way to your classroom. Yeah, yeah good idea. Okay, that's good. Remember a pen or mm-hmm. a pencil, eraser, some paper. Because it looks really like you're committed when you come to the class yeah. and you've got some paper with you. I'm always a bit sad if I say, write this down and somebody says I haven't got a pen. And yeah. I just think, really? It makes me worry about those students. Yeah, I just feel like, okay, well, that's your level of commitment to this. On the flip side, I have students who at the first lesson say, Gav... I've got a new notepad and they show me their new notepad and they've got a new pen or pencil and they're so excited. So um, and often what happens in my lessons is that we're so engrossed and involved in the conversation and the lesson that they often forget to make notes as teachers. Mm. Remember to either you make notes on a piece of paper or if you're teaching online, maybe you could write it into a Word document or something and then make sure the student copies them before the end of the lesson, or you can email them, whatever you prefer. I've even torn off my piece of oh. paper and given them my mm. notes and said, learn these, That's bring really them back good. next week. We'll talk about these new words and phrases. On a one-to-one. Otherwise, it would look a bit like favouritism if you well, just gave the page. Em, mm. I say make a copy. Yes, yes, of course. Okay, that's good. I had a teacher once tell me that he definitely has to teach something in the first lesson. And his example was second conditional. And I always remember thinking that was weird. Like, how do you fit that in to a first lesson? But I totally get his point. You want them to leave with something. But I think it has to be something that fit. I think it should be relevant to the lesson. Yeah. And I mean, in your first lesson, it's introductions. It's not, Yeah. and this is how to talk about imagined situation yeah. or giving advice or maybe it well, could be it could come up in the lesson and somebody said and I, I did this at the weekend and I had to give my friend some advice because they had a problem and well teacher stand up second conditional if I were you I would do this and just check the students know the grammar yeah okay but I think there's a little bit of a stretch as well I think there's a fine line between you know making sure the students feel They've learned something. Yes. And then leaving, feeling like that was weird. Um, so maybe, I don't know, reported <laughs> speech, something, if it's a lower level, just maybe something about present simple. I don't know. It always seemed odd that you would put second conditional into a first lesson. But maybe the teacher is just trying to impress the students and mm. leave them with an impression of, wow, this is a great teacher. This is a great lesson because I left with second conditional under yeah. my belt. Well, it's open to discussion, isn't it? It is. And that's what we're doing, Em. We're yeah. discussing it. Okay. Oh, M. what we didn't mention is getting to the class. Did you mention to arrive on time? Um, Be friendly, open. Yes. Kind. Yes. This is just life. Yeah. <laughs> Tips. It all applies. <laughs> it does. I forgot what I was going to say there. Um, Be ready to have a conversation and use, well, I'm talking from the teacher and the student here, but have, have a lot of language ready have a lot of questions ready. Yeah, ask your teacher questions. Teacher, ask your students lots of questions. We need to get all this information out so that we know why we're there, 
what we want to achieve from this course. Exactly, yeah. I think we nailed first lessons, Em. Do you? Yeah. Okay, good. If any of the listeners have got their own tips on first lessons, if you're a student or a teacher, we'd like to know if you enjoy them, how to make them better, any funny stories that you have, because ours weren't very funny, were they? No, not really. All right, we'll work on that and we'll try and think of some more funny anecdotes for future episodes. Anyway, we're back next week with episode two. Do we know what we're talking about yet? Nope. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, thanks, Em. Thanks, Gav. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.